You are now listening to Conscientization 101, an online magazine combining reflection, music, and action through independent media. It's uh, very important to be with conscious African women and men. And I'm very excited to see Conscientization 101, to see Sister Zari there and the brother James and uh, to see that you have started an organization to conscientize the world, especially African people about what's really going on in this world. Conscientization 101. A lot of these people right now in this conscious, local conscious movement, they're not actually living in that, in that lifestyle. Fakers. That's why, you know, obviously yourself, we're on the same sort of frequency. That's why you're listening to the same things I'm listening to because we're sharing that same sort of thought. We want the same sort of things and a lot of people don't want the same sort of things. Even yourself, what you're doing now is for the people. So everything is people-based. Globally conscientizing. What's making me proud of what um, this kind of connection here is that, you know, no matter what is said, no matter what is done, um, you, you leave that, you leave listening to our music with a feeling. The same way we're going to leave this conversation with a feeling. And um, that is the most important thing you know, for, for I and I, the, the vibe and the energy and the feeling that you leave with. Because you might not remember every lyric, but you're going to remember the feeling. So um, that's, 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 that's really important and that's what I'm getting from what you're doing. Doing, doing, doing. Energy's eternal If you play with fire fam Know that it will burn you But what don't kill you Will only make you stronger Time is a test Santa past you stay longer Life is a journey Don't lose yourself When the trail gets murky Got a Christmas sister Chicks no turkey If she acts up cool I don't let it hurt me There's so many ways To turn a frown upside down Jump in my whip Start it up And duck right down Lighting up the booth same time I let a pipe down Stress is a pressure and a pressure is a pain No matter how little mentally it's still a strain I hope I ain't lost you if I have to say my name I'll be back like Arnold Schwarzenegger to explain Stress is a killer when it runs up on your brain Good people fall off the tracks like trains No surprise why they always wanna stress us out Tryna help ourselves but they only wanna help us out Call the ting benefit like my people benefit from sitting on their ass now they can't pay the rent to live Check. the land's getting milked like cattle we're babies for these snakes trying to play with their rattles popped to the corner shop bought me a snapple for one pound 39 two percent apple we're on the pitch getting bloody slide tackle the rest just watching furthermore i see him cackle but my energy's eternal if you play with fire fam know that it will burn you and what don't kill me will only make me stronger time is a test center pass i'll stay longer life is a journey your energy's eternal if you play with fire fam know that it will burn you and what don't kill you will only make you stronger time is a test center pass you stay longer life is a journey Life is a journey. Ayo, my energy's eternal. Another episode of Conscientization 101 Podcast. Yes, I'm your host and senior editor, James Stone. And we thought we'd uh, start off uh, this episode with a little bit of that big cakes. That was his energy's eternal, okay? You see, because we, we actually heard, I think uh, Zara and myself actually heard this track. I think it was when we was coming out of Caracas. We was in Venezuela. Because back in 2013, 
and we was anxiously awaiting that It's All Love album from Big Cakes at the time. And then we saw this video, you know what I'm saying? And we, you know, this is the energy of Turner. That, this track wasn't even on the album, you know what I'm saying? And you might be saying, well, why, why are you playing this? Is, is, was, you got Big Cakes on the show. No, we don't. It's still the part two of the Bobby Wright. But the reason why I'm playing that, because, man, it's been some tough times around here, man. You know, but, man, don't be complaining and thing. You feel me? But, you know, sometimes I put on that Big Cakes because, you know, like he say on that corny track, you know, you got to love this life. Okay? Sometimes you got to love this life. And sometimes, you know, the mental side of colonial reality we live under, it saps your energy. But sometimes what you got to do is put you on some big cakes. Then you realize that your energy must be eternal. Your energy must be eternal to fight this good goddamn fight. Okay? It's, it's just like what, what, what our kinfolk Big Frizzle said. Big Frizzle said, you know, I ain't got the Big Frizzle voice, okay? But like Big Frizzle said, he said, uh, uh, sometimes you be in situations you can't even solve it with a gat in the vest. Feel that shit. You can't just bang, bang on everything. Sometimes they done got you set up. I, I'm, I'm speaking in generalities because I ain't talking no business on this here. But I'm just saying, we got to hook up and come to basically what I'm saying. We got to hook up. You find inspiration in this world. And you and you build based on that. Fuck a nation state. I don't give a good goddamn about no African-American freedom. It's African freedom. It ain't no goddamn freedom. Don't let them tell you it's about the black Brit or the Afro-Brazilian. All our black asses is in trouble. I seen it every day. All this sh Man, I done seen some crazy shit. But, but I got to remember, our energy is eternal. Thank you, Big Case. Find the inspiration. And you're going to be inspired today. Because let me get into the show right now. This is part two. And you're going to be inspired by Dr. Bobby Wright's energy. Because it is eternal. This is part two. This is the conclusion of our series on our beloved brother, Dr. Bobby E. Wright. Entitled, Dr. Bobby E. Wright, The Man and His Mission. This dialogue, as we said before, is from Dr. Bobby E. Wright, and it was presented at the Black Psychology and Mental Health Conference at Atlanta Junior College on April 10th, 1980. Like we said, we know you don't get inspiration from Dr. Bobby Wright. And before we get into part two of the conclusion on Conscientization 101 podcast, before we get on to the conclusion of this series, I want to um, introduce you to some more of our kin folks whose energy is eternal. Their energy is eternal, okay? Uh, 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 they be holding it down for us in these crazy times. And then these times is crazy. God damn, I tried to order some damn men's sweats a while ago, and all they had was them skinny shits. What the fuck is that shit? But back to my point, we got some kin folks. They have the combined strength of the force of a natural disaster like a cyclone. Combating all these contradictions in the time of these wild winds that blow. So let's get on to the show. Hating my essence, but still you wanting all that's mine And my essence will always be to the end of time See what came before me, the devil denies That my kind, nation and wise, fought the planet civilized Children of the sun, trying just to live their lives Made to do it without control through somebody else's eyes The heaven can only come through us living this hell Look how the strong turn weak and won't rebel But life goes on, just like the beat to this song So I'ma walk strong till the last breath's in my lungs Stuck in the slums, nowhere for a brother to go See when you make though, your skin still stays the same bro Fuck celebrities Never been an idol as such All I do is bust rhymes for your mind to clutch Mother Earth gave me so much, I'm giving it back Yeah, through this thing called rap 
I know the streets ain't paved with gold. The people that you meet are road hard, whole life's on. You're wiping out communities with stuff on our own. We force to stand strong in this wild wind that blows it up. Raise a fist if you feel the flow. The niggas sold out. I stuck to the formula though. See, there's a battle for your mind, body, and your soul. We force to stand strong in this wild wind that blows. The buzz in the streets, overseen by the police. The mark of the beast, exchange for the food that you eat. Contamination, the roads left for us is damnation. Nobody wants to go back to nature, life saving. It's a new world, nobody wants the ways of the old. You see, the road to hell is always paved with gold. Your lives are controlled and don't know that it is so. I send this scroll out to the young and the old. The earthquakes all around the UK. UK. Birds flying in a different way, government ain't telling us shit The poles will shift, fuck all this local shit There's bigger things going on in this globe that we live So I don't give a shit about what you spit or who you is I'll take my time into the kids and grow with the whiz Planetary, the visionary delivers the vision From the mind's eye, sky high, soul driven Ayo, the streets ain't paved with gold The people that you meet are road hard, whole life's on We're wiping out communities, we stuck high on our own We're forced to stand strong in this wild wind that blows Ayo, raise a fist if you feel the flow The niggas sold out, I stuck to the formula though See, there's a battle for your mind, body and your soul We're forced to stand strong in this wild wind that blows How can you be the God MC if you don't speak the truth? How can you be the God MC if you ain't for the youth? Self-titlement, ain't enlightenment, it's a spoof Far from fly, bone dry, parched, no juice Follow the leader, nah be a leader yourself Sick and tired I tried it And I put that shit back on the shelf See, everybody's talking But nobody's doing Fuck opinions Yo, what happened to pursuing? What happened to the movement? Cause ain't nothing moving Lethargic Damn, they're in the casket Snoozing You embrace the enemy's cultures Their laws and their fashions You're claiming you're revolving But your soul and brain are clashing You're bawling and you're moaning How the devil's got us flattened What happened? You punk niggas all lost your passion You can lead the horse to the water But can't force consumption Stand for something Stand strong or fall for nothing And yo, the streets ain't paid with gold. The people that you meet are road hearts, whole life's on We're wiping out communities, we stuck high on our own We're forced to stand strong in this wild wind that blows Hey yo, raise a fist if you feel the flow The niggas sold out, I stuck to the formula though See there's a battle for your mind, body and your soul We're forced to stand strong in this wild wind that blows In this wild wind that blows In this wild wind that blows to religion because I know I'm down in the Bible Belt. I grew up down here. This is the Bible Belt, you see. Hell spoke to it. You see, you have to make a distinction between religion and spirituality. What they have us is in religion. And it's a very fundamental question I'm asking you again. If all of us agree that white people didn't give us good food, they didn't give us good clothing, they didn't give us good houses, why did they give us such good religion? Religion, religion has ever, always been counter-revolutionary. Religion has always been counter-revolutionary. In fact, if you stop to think about it, what religion does is the same thing that's supposed to do, get you to adjust to this life on earth. Because, look, in suffering, that is what? Redemption. Out of suffering, there comes redemption. So what if you don't have food in your house? So what if you don't have heat? This is just a small hotel room you're passing on through. To eternity. Do we tell you, you, you understand? I mean, that's religion. That's why religion never leads, never leads to revolution. Unless you have your own indigenous religion. Unless you have your own. So where they gave it to it because it pacified us. And it still does. And that is why we're the only people where every time you see somebody speaking, it's a preacher. A preacher. You never hear rabbis. You never hear priests leading the white folks. Always leading us Reverend Andrew Young. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. No, no, no. I was with King. I know. King, though, let me give you this final example of that, because I know I'm down in King's hometown. And we could never get nothing going to Atlanta. Look. Look. Nothing could ever get going in this city. This was the hardest damn city in the world, even to make black folks aware that was a struggle. Uh, uh, this is what, this is the end of it. This is the end of it. 
So we must realize that, I know y'all can see that, but I'm just going to break Political, economic, military, educational, uh, you know, religious. Might be enough. Okay. What we do not understand here is this is a social theory. It had to take in, in account all of these institutions. You must have a political institution, you must have an economic institution, you must have a military institution, you must have an educational, and you must have a religion. And the only time you can have revolution, that's right, this country's never been close to revolution. The only time you can have revolution is that these institutions come in conflict. That's what happened in Iran. In Iran, the religious and the educational institutions came in conflict with the military and the political. That's what happened in Iran. Otherwise, it never would have been a, been a revolution. That's another reason I tell you how dangerous education is, contrary to what you all believe, how dangerous colleges are. Every time there is a revolution, the first thing they close down are the universities. The first thing, thing you close down the university. That's your most dangerous institution. People get into them that thing. Unfortunately, we had a revolution. The first thing they would open would be our black school. <laughs> that, that, that'd be the first thing they open. Now, let me just give you this what we should be about. Now, this is sort of out of context, but I'm going to push, I'm going to push this. I'll tell you why I'm going to push this. I have two ads here. And these ads are taken from yeah, Evan. One is black and white bleaching cream. At last, you can have shades lighter, smoother, softer skin with safe, scientific black and white bleaching cream that is not one, not two, but now three times stronger than before. They get lighter. Get three shades lighter, smoother, softer. <laughs> now, not bleaching cream, cream is double strength, light skin, even faster. Let me tell you something. Have you ever stopped to think that you have never seen an ad that said dark in your skin? Have you ever thought about that? Never have you seen in your life an ad that say, this skin is three times stronger. This cream is three times stronger. It darkens the skin. Not that it wouldn't be bankrupt in a week, but at least we should be able to see more. Okay? Now, let me give my recommendations on what we should do. Here are my recommendations. One. First recommendation I'm making to the people from this point on, we must place the interests of our race above all other interests, yeah. above all other considerations. That's the first one. In anything we do and think, we should first ask a simple question. Does it help or does it hurt race? That's number one. Place the interests of our race. Two, we should begin to sanction and punish those blacks who operate against our interests. Right. Begin to sanction them and punish them. Three, that we should sanction completely and refuse to support those blacks who marry and cohabit with whites yeah. or members of other races, yeah. all right? Now, I'm talking about we should immediately begin to boycott from this day on Diana Silverstein, who you all call Diana Ross, uh, 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 O.J. Simpson, Leslie Uggams, Bill Russell, Sidney Poitier, Harry Belfonte, and we should really put on a type of probation. I haven't worked this one out yet. People such as Diane Carroll, Lena Horn, uh, Red Fox, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. And I'm saying to you, now you all might think it's a revolutionary. This is not. This is really not. It's just that it's got to be articulated. Now y'all do with it what you want to. Four, this one's going to lose a lot of people. Okay. We should make a conscious effort to darken the race. We should begin to make a conscious effort to darken the race. By accepting skin color as a criterion of adoption, we adopt children. Give that black child an equal chance. Please. The black, you'd be surprised you go in these agencies and see all these little black kids nobody wants. I'm not real black. No question on what they are. Nobody wants them. All right. Also, when you begin to look for a lover or mate, look. Don't reject the sister or the brother because they're dog. You know, that's 1980. We got to be talking like this. But we yeah, have, okay? Five. Five, no black can be considered a leader or hold a leadership position who marries outside the race. That's right. No black. No black. Six, we must stop using blacks in negative terms. Black in negative terms. We got to stop doing that. Stop using that and don't. We must stop using the word nigger, Tom, and all that. You know, if you look at the image of Uncle Tom, it's an old black man with gray hair. The image of Aunt Jemima is an old black woman with a bandana on her head. Our grandmothers know. That's the image they gave us of Aunt Jemima. Now, we must begin, number, number seven, we must begin to 
consciously expose our children to positive black images, and those of us who are professionals must begin to spend uh, some time in, in at least independent schools after school on Saturdays and Sundays with our black children. We must begin to show them positive images. Number eight, we also must have artists. We must begin to develop artists like this who show strong black images and things like that. One of the things that we are running into in terms of religion, and I don't care what you say, you have to believe God is white. Every picture you've ever seen of God, he's white. Unless you've been at the Institute of the Black Madonna, down at the Black Madonna. And you think, you probably think, I ain't gonna tell you what you think about that, but, but everybody thinks. I remember even in our church when the fans had Jesus pictures on him. So if you get, you know, subliminal suggestions, you know, you get one, and that white Jesus just flashing in front of your face. You know, you get, I mean, I mean, I'm gonna end by reading, reading something to you, especially to you as black students, because I really love you very much. I really do. I love you very much. And, uh, I just have so much faith in you. I don't. I really do. I have so much faith in you because in you I see me, uh, and um, and and uh, and the mere fact that you know that I don't think that we're any different than anyone else. I just think we'll rise above our problems. This is the poem that they turned into a song, and I want you to listen to it carefully. To be young, gifted, and black. Oh, what a lovely, precious dream! To be young, gifted, and black. Open your heart to what I mean. In the whole world, you know. There are million boys and girls who are young, gifted, and black, and that's a fact. You are young, gifted, and black. We must begin to tell our young. There's a world waiting for you. You'll end up with a world, world begun. So when you're feeling real low, there's a truth you should know. To be young, gifted, and black, that's where it at. To be young, gifted, and black, oh, I love to know the truth. There's a world without a fact. There's a world without a fact and I'm hunted by my youth. But my joy of today is that we all will be proud to say to be young, gifted, and black. And that's a fact. Alusha continue, Nasima Tachinda Babushika. Sante, Sante. Thank you, Sante. Part two of Bobby Wright, The Man and His Mission, is the question and answer session which followed Dr. Wright's presentation at the Black Psychology and Mental Health Conference at Atlanta Junior College, April 10, 1980. The questions have been edited for clarity. However, Dr. Wright's answers are complete and unedited. How does a black person coming from an all-black environment adjust to a predominantly white situation without losing his identity and compromising his principles? Also, give an example of how black people have been miseducated and trained not to appreciate themselves. Okay, I think that the first thing we must differentiate is between tactics and principles. I will, I, will, I will compromise with you on tactics. If you say certain things about integration, I must go over here and work in this place because I can do something like that's black. I will not compromise on principles. I'm not talking about me, okay? And we have never made a distinction between principles and... and, and uh, and 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 and, uh, and tactics, and that's why when we'll see a sister, say like Jenny, who's working over there with all those white folks and all, we'll say, see, she's not relevant because she decided to go over there and work for those white people, and not realize the things she talked to you about here today. See, and that's why I don't get into Tom and all, but I don't know why Jenny's over there, and I don't know what she's doing. I might not want to know because if they find out she's talking to me, she's really in trouble. You know, uh, 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 I do. I do want all of us to agree, at least, on the very, on the principles on which we exist. That's your first thing. The second thing you raise is the essential question. Most of our children, you see, that is where the mental side came in. They took away our history. Most people believe they are from Atlanta. The people in Chicago believe they're from Chicago. Let me give you an example, then just one. Look, one example. You get five kids into a room, Italian, Jew, uh, Polish, uh, Irish, black. We're going to have show and tell today. Show and tell where your people came from. This child had Italian. Where did you go? I'm, I'm Italian. My people came from Italy. Jew. I'm Jewish. I came from Israel. Although they didn't. Are you going to say it? I came from Israel. All right. Uh, 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 Polish. My, my people are Polish. I came from Poland. Irish. My people are Ireland. I'm from Ireland. Black. Black. I'm from Atlanta. <laughs> I'm from Atlanta. I'm serious. I'm from Atlanta. That is. And we have people 
who are denying it. See, the only reason we accept Africa as well as we do today is because that was the only, po- only positive thing that came out of roots. After NBC said it was all right, yeah. then everybody became African. Yeah. Only after NBC. The day before NBC said that, nobody wanted to be African. And we still haven't integrated that, but she was talking about emotionally. Intellectually, oh yes, Dr. Wright, we are from Africa. That's absolutely true, but you must admit, we are also Americans. Yeah! Like, what the hell? I ain't no even, you don't even have to tell me that. But also, people, let me give you an example when we say African-American. Let me tell you how you get trapped in that. Tell me everything you must tell us. African-American. Do you realize that blacks in Cuba are also African-Americans? Do you know blacks in Brazil are also African-Americans? See, Amer- see, you, see, if you really want to be precise, you are African-United States. That's what it is. That's what it is. See, we must begin to be precise. But we are, I'm an African-American. I said, well, okay, then you're Cuban. What? What do you mean? Where do you get Cuban from? You know? Let me, let, me, let me give you an example of training here. I'm going to call out four names. Charlie, you, you be quiet. <laughs> I'm going to call out four names, and anyone who recognizes either one of these names, call up. One's name is Adam A. Collins. The other name is Denise McNair. One is Carol Robertson, and the other one is Cynthia Wesley. Who knows any one of those four names? Who knows those four names? Do you realize? One, two, three, McNair. You realize those are the four lay sisters who were killed in Birmingham? Do you know those were the only four black women killed in the civil rights movement? Do you know that's why we are trained? We don't even know our heroes? So you got John F. Kennedy's picture up on your wall and not these four girls? Your children would never hear these four little girls who were down there praying to God and got blown to bits? In Birmingham, 14 years old, 111, the other three 14. See, if these were Jewish girls, they would still be taking the money for them. <laughs> you see, but that's what I'm saying to you, see, that they just mean names to you. But you, would, I bet many of you have heard of Anne Frank. You know, that courageous little Jewish girl who hid from the Nazis for years. Good. Should we make attendance at school activities intended to raise black consciousness mandatory for black students? What about students' rights? Well, you know, also need to know. this gets back to our sanctions. Uh, uh, Gwen knows this to be a true. Gwen one time gave a, uh, Gwen and I think I both, all we had pastors gave, and we came down, a lot of us came down by our own expense, and none of these schools were represented, uh, Mohouse, uh, Morris Brown, and all like that. And so I wrote all of the presidents of those schools. Uh, Gwen can attest to this. And, uh, on, and one took the liberty of writing for all of them and in fact told me to mind my own business. Um, <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. What I am saying to you is, let, let me just tell you some other things that, that students, too, have a responsibility. Uh, as far as my concern, if I was at Atlanta Junior College and one of my students didn't show up, I didn't have to worry about that. He has rights, and I have rights. And in the end, at the end of the semester, we'll find out who's right. And I ain't got no problem. I ain't got no problem with no black students. No problem. No black I have some black students now who are, who, who are big, huge, and professional players. And they'll see me, they say, hey, Bobby, you know, if they didn't come out politically, I said, wait a minute, my dog can call me Bobby. You call me Dr. Wright. Don't ever call me Bobby. Uh, now, what I'm saying to you is that unless we begin to sanction people, and that means we've got to develop ways of sanctioning. I'm not talking about having personal vendetta. Let me just give you this about two of the schools over there. Um, I did a lecture there, again, a combined lecture, and one of the most serious problems was over at the uh, complex was that sisters insisted on bestowing their favors on Morehouse men. Um, and somehow the Clark brothers and, and all were not treated equally. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was one of the problems they brought to me. Now, I resolved that problem. It's not easy to resolve certain problems. The way I resolved the problem is first asking, how do you identify a Morehouse man? Uh, now I know a way I don't want to talk about, but I like that. How do you identify uh, uh, a Morehouse man? I said, they, I mean, they say, well, they have all these paraphernalia, jackets and all. So my solution was for all the Clark brothers to go over and buy a jacket. I mean, the sisters want to go with jackets. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, no, seriously, seriously, I'm just saying to you that it's very depressing to come down and see a complex like this one, a complex like this, and... And, and, and not, uh, and, and I'm going to say something else to you all you might not believe. White folks and white students work hard. Don't blame you. They work hard. Now, look, don't, look, don't, don't believe it. My famous one is that this, when I went in, I was in the research lab. We were doing the brain studies and all. And down in the basement of the, of the hospital, 
they had all this controlled temperature where all the research was going on. And this, in this section, you would have temperature 30 degrees below, where they're trying to find out its effect on, on the brain and other type of organs. The next one, you got a, a room that's 90%, I mean, uh, 110 degrees, I mean, just like the desert. And they have animals in there and people. And you walk in there, and hunt, these white kids who haven't seen the sun in months, literally haven't seen the sun, slept there in that lab, ate in that lab. They would be in there, the girls would have their these little short things on, there. Uh, no sex going on in that thing. Nobody know no sex. I don't know, they'll be almost nude, but let me tell you something else would happen. And that's where you learn white people. You'll go over there into the dissection lab, and here, some white girl will be dissecting a, 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 an animal and crying. Tears going down her cheek. And, you know, oh, Bobby, this is real. Real was my favorite one. But that's they stopped up and down that damn thing, you know? I mean, and I can just see me on there. Oh, this is Bobby. Uh, you know, uh, 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 I mean, no way I could become attached to an animal and then cut him up and do all that. They could. I'm here. I'm, look. And I said, look at those people. I'm just saying to you. I'm saying to you. I'm telling you what frightens me is when I come down here and see the behavior you all are doing, and then I go to a white school and see the behavior they do. Now, if, we, if I went over to a white school, by the way, and gave a lecture, the place would be packed. And they would be packed just to hear this black. They would say, what's he going to come up with now? Yeah. You know, what is he going to say? You know, because once he comes up with something, we'll deal with it. Yeah. Not with him. We don't want to hurt him. We want him to keep talking. See, and then that's what will happen. Conscious black students feel when their peers don't want to listen to the kind of ideas you discuss. What should be done in these cases? Also, speak to the role of religion in black liberation. What Harold is a victim of is something that is perfectly natural. He's young. And um, I don't mean that on a put down. Um, Harold is doing what most young people really do. Uh, and as he said, uh, as, as Brother David said, as, as he grows older, you, you will get. There are two people generally who don't have enough time, the too young and the too old. And, um, and Harold is, the frustration Harold sees is because is sometimes, if it's not reinforced, if he, he doesn't get getting reinforced, which he does through Naeem and others and myself and all, then he'll be okay. So many brothers and sisters who get the Harold, I'm just saying it to you so that you know, you recognize it. It is a very frustrating, it's very depressing. Uh, and you, you know, Rodney, now Harold, here's a graduate student, he got to catch a plane tonight back to South Carolina, do his papers and stuff like that. Uh, and I understand that. The thing you always have to keep in mind is that it ain't easy. Nobody ever told us it's going to be easy. This is war. This is war. And that, and then war. And the other thing is that it's a, it's a continuation. If we can just reach two of you, believe it or not, just two, just two, two to go out ye into the world and preach the gospel. Um, yeah, now, I guess we are doing the same thing those, those people are doing, whoever you're talking about. Yes, I think that you have to push your theory. I think you have to push, you know, your belief. Uh, I think as, as, as blood and scientists, I think one thing you're going to have to get away from in terms of that's what's right and what's wrong and begin to think of what's appropriate and what's inappropriate. Uh, I, no, I know it's a problem. You see, the, see the, when you start, I keep saying once you move into religion rather than spirituality, you're in trouble. The contradictions are too many. You're in trouble. And must remember, a point is reached in religion where it becomes, you're not dealing any longer with logic, but you're dealing with faith. You're dealing with faith. And in order to deal with people's faith, sometimes that's not the way you don't confront them directly. There are other ways you have to get people. You have to get people to begin to question their own faith. And you do that indirectly. And so what I was talking about when I was talking about religion here, what I'm suggesting is, here, one of the things you might be able to do here at the college is begin to learn tactics. Tactics. Not so much as saying those people are irrelevant, but how can I convince them to believe like I believe? And that becomes most important than reacting to, uh, again, I don't know if that answered you, but you just can't do it. You can't confront them and say they're wrong right away. There's no getting back. I think to the need for black theories and institutions. Okay, well, let me answer your first one here, just right here. And I'll put it in terms of, if you start to think about it, and you always look at this, you see that there's the assumption that if you're a behaviorist, you're at war with the Fordians. So you go to Atlanta University, and Atlanta University, because the professors, the chairman of the department might be a Fordian, he has people who are Fordians. And that school we got became, we got, you know, is known as a Fordian school. Same in economics, whether you are Samuelson or whether you're this other Jew, what this other Jew are. Huh? Yeah, what's his name? You know the other one. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, you know, whether you're that. And, 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 and let me tell you, though, but the thing they have that we do not have, that's where the failure of our black institutions, you must remember, you always must remember that our black institutions were established, were established to perpetuate the system that established them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't ever think, don't ever go up there and hitting black folks upside the head at Morehouse. Morehouse is doing precisely what it was designed to do. And the moment it starts doing something else, it will no longer exist. It's not going to exist anyway. But my point is, white's going to take it. White's going to take it. I hear the sirens, mama cry, my peers are all dying, man, I swear to God, I gotta get this shit out of my head. Heavy metals in the water, our sons and our daughters try to move them forward, but they already mentally dead. Already trapped, singing, I be in the trap, black queen, the trap queen, from topmost to crack king. If that seems odd, against these odds, I have seen black guys prostitute the earth and eat their babies. A lot of times, writing rhymes stop me from going crazy. Firearms in my palm, I'm contemplating daily. So I don't rap for free, fuck that nigga, pay me. Cause there's a baby somewhere waiting, thinking I can save him. So that deposit conscious of my rider, I'ma need it. See, starving, I'm a farmer, help me plant and feed him. Lead, follow, or get the fuck out of my way. Devil say hi to my cage, stop trying to fuck up my day. Da 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 day, da 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 day. Listen, I'm a Kalashnikov, just spray. I'm from the city where the shit ain't pretty, so the dust kicks up sometimes. Where the babies are the greatest, but a lot of self haters are your neighbors, so they'll be fine. Getting money teach kids how to live, but it is what it is, and it knows I'm trying. Getting money teach kids how to stay positive, but the pigs make it hard sometimes. This deprivation, concentration of poverty making ghetto youth pedal shoot dope boy crime. It doesn't matter that the Central Intelligence agents waited inundated every hood just like mine. Then they decided to get tough on crime, build a million private prisons, giving black folk hella time. Creating jobs for Wall Street occupiers, police militarized, getting hella overtime. And it's all under the guise of a cleverly contrived drug war disguised as a warm black lies. We get over policing, convict leasing, racial profiling, hate groups full of policemen. Nazi tattoos, burning crosses on the weekend Punch the clock back on the block Trying to punch a nigga teeth in Leave, follow, or get the fuck out of my way Devil say hi to my case Stop trying to fuck up my day Da 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 day, da 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 day Listen to my Kalashnikov, just pray Da 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 day, da 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 day I'm from the city where the shit ain't pretty So the dust kicks up sometimes Where the babies are the greatest But a lot of self-haters are your neighbors So they'll be fine Getting money teach kids how to live But it is what it is And it knows I'm trying Getting money teach kids how to stay positive But the pigs make it hard sometimes I'm from the city where the shit ain't pretty So the dust kicks up sometimes Where the babies are the greatest But a lot of self-haters are your neighbors So they'll be fine And the Department of Psychology, you talk about Department of Psychology at Howard University. Howard University, which is the only black school that gives a PhD in, in psychology. At that school are the 14 faculty, 12 are Jews. 14, 14 tenured faculty, 12 are Jews. Only two tenured faculty members at Howard University, black. And one, well, one is already retired. He's just hanging on to that. He retired 10 years ago. Now, my point is... Uh, 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 the, the, independent, the independent schools, the independent schools and uh, institutions, that's our problem. See, we don't have, well, you'll hear my theory, you hear Naeem's and everybody else, but that would not become part of your curriculum. 
for you to debate which one is right. Let me give you a good example of it on how they catch us. You'll get everybody in here just against Jensen and Shockley and all. Jensen and Shockley are enemies of black folk. Blah, blah, blah. Then you come up with a guy named Pettigrew from Harlem who says, how dare you? How can you do that to those black folks? Why, you know black people are not genetically inferior. And we said, see, see, tell them, Pettigrew. Pettigrew said, because you know their problem is with their environment. They both are saying we're crazy. See, they both saying we're crazy. You see, both saying we're inferior. No, no, no. Both of them are saying we're inferior. But one is arguing that the reason we're inferior is because of the environment. See, if environment made you inferior, if environment caused crime, if environment caused violence, India would have the, the, the highest, highest murder rate in the world. India has one of the lowest. What, 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 what Jen talked about, the infant mortality. Black people in this country have a higher infant mortality rate than Singapore. Than Singapore. And I'm not talking about blacks in the ghetto. I'm not black doctors, black dentists. I'm talking about all of us have the highest infant mortality rate in any, that, than a country like Singapore. All right? Now, if you rate black folks infant mortality, that means children who are dying before one year of age. We got one of the highest in the world. Yet, in this country, they have the resources and the knowledge that can completely eradicate infant mortality. But it's a political decision. A political decision has been made that black babies are going to die. That's a political decision. That ain't not a medical decision. Let me give you another medical thing, show you about how political all of this is in terms of why it's so difficult, what you were saying. See, up until five years ago, Homosexuality was considered a pathology. A pathology. But some gay white psychiatrists and gay psychologists got together and changed the diagnosis to where now it is a, a you know that now the only time you are that you are sick if you are gay is if you want to change. If gay calls you if being gay causes you a problem, you're sick. If you have adjusted as a gay, you're a healthy individual. Not only that, in this week's time, I just picked up on the plane. This week's time, they are Time Magazine. They are now saying incest should be accepted. That this week I'm on tape, and this week <laughs> and, 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 and check out everything I say. Everything I say. And this week's Time Magazine, they are given a case that incest incest should be acceptable. Say that because the same type of prejudices have been shown against incest that have been shown against homosexuality. The same type of that the same illogical taboos it, and some very heavy people are doing it. See, but we always knew that's what they would get. I, we don't have time to tell you, but I'm going to tell you something. If you want to know the whites, go all the way back to Plato, Aristotle, and, and you know, all those. See, they always were in, intrigued with one thing. They were always asexual people, asexual people, in that sense. The only reason they used women was for procreation. Anytime you belong to a fraternity or sorority, you are belong to a homosexual union. <laughs> now, wait a minute. 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 Hold it. Oh, you know, you mean, you all, you, you know, look. The Greeks, the Greeks, the Greeks had those. If you read Plato, Plato said there's nothing in the world as pleasant and as pretty as a little plump boy. That's what those usual, those origins they talk about in Greek was men and young boys. It's stated in all that literature. And what they, the one thing they could not achieve, and that's been, that's been fascinating, that's what the whites have been fascinated with all their existence, is how the only difference between them and the gods was that the gods were what? Immortal. Immortal. And so I'm, I'm telling you, so all through history, Plato, Aristotle, and all have been based on that question, how do we become immortal? So now they're coming up with cloning. Right. Cloning. See where you can take the specimen of a skin of a male, insert it in a fertilized egg, and then the baby, because of now, you know where they're going now in terms of, uh, in terms of, uh, uh, of genetic structure, and, and the child, except for the influences of environment, will be the exact image of the person who you took the specimen of skin from. They, have gained, they don't even need women. You will see the time when children will be born and placed in men's bellies. I will promise you that. I will promise you that. See, and we are sitting here not even aware of what's going on. Not even aware. And so when you get into genetic engineering, when you really get into genetic engineering, this is what it means and what they will do and what they're doing is, and that's why psychology becomes so important. 
Because what you have to do is access the mood of people. So what they did today in Time Magazine, the first shot, they simply threw it out there. They threw it. It's already out. Now look, in order to get something going, you first must get people to accept it as they thought. No matter whether you are feasibility. No matter whether you accept it or not, nice the thought. And that's what happened to another book you should read, and it shows you the thinking of the man. It's harm. Let me give you a couple of books you should read. You should read Chancellor Williams' uh, Destruction of Black Civilization. It's on the list. So it's, that was on the list. Chancellor. Another book you should read is Thinking the Unthinkable. Thermonuclear Warfare. Harmon Khan. KJ. Let me tell you why you should read that book. Because Thinking the Unthinkable. Thermonuclear Warfare. A guy named Herman Kahn, one of the guys who owned the, uh, who's in the RAND, that, those think tanks, wrote that. Once he wrote that book, once he wrote that book, that is when the United States and Russia began to think about dealing with thermonuclear weapons. Once it was out there. And the same, let me end this up, it's the same with the four-minute mile. No one could run the four-minute mile because it's strictly with a psychological barrier. One man ran the four-minute mile, and within six months, people were running the four-minute mile like it never existed. So I'm saying one of the things you must do as black students and black faculty, it begins to liberate your mind. There's something about thinking. There's something about thinking that you just can't get enough of it. You know what I mean? It's take a thought and just push it to its ultimate limit. That is really something. I can't just tell you how good it is. It really is. Back to Rick, he was asking about when will we reach that point where we will share everything we have with our people. Let me tell you, the, the, the first thing again is, is back to the rugged individualistic way we are, we are trained. That's one reality. But the other reality is just because you have intellectual insight, one of the reasons we have a problem here, and most of us, is most of you in this room really believe that there's a system out here oppressing us, and that's faulty thinking. We haven't even gotten past that. So you talk to black people, yeah, but the system is against us. No, white people are against us. The one thing, if nothing else you get out of this, it ain't no system. It ain't nebulous. It ain't invisible. It's out there. It's a strange thing that you never hear white people talking about systems. You hear white people talking about people. We must kill them. We must keep them out. Not never. What is it? The car that came up with? Not never one. What is it? Uh, no, not even one. You know who you're talking about? Us. No, not, not even say no system. No, not even one. You know, in other words, that's one of the problems. Let me tell you how even in revolutionary times, though, and why we are brothers and sisters in 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 in, 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 uh, in uh, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe is a good example of menticide. It's one of the perfect examples of mental side I know. Let me give it to you. Here we have a situation where brothers and sisters have been fighting over 15 years to free the land. The moment they get the land freed, they let the same man stay head of the army who had been shooting them and killing them all those years. No white country would do that. The whites would have. Then let me give you another example. All of you fell prey to. It is your men. They convinced us. They convinced us. The white friends, without seeing one picture of black people dead, not one. You have never seen one picture of, of, of Ugandans dead. Not one. But they have created in mind, any of men was the most dangerous man in Africa. Yet, any of men, every picture you saw, he was walking among his people, no guns, nothing on, no soldiers. Carter can't do that. Carter can't even leave the White House. <laughs> you know, and, and yet, we, we, not only were we convinced, we didn't even raise a question about a black another black country going north to fight another black country rather than south to fight South Africa. But they have de destroyed the one man, and you all forgot. Everybody forgot what they did mean there. Let's tell you what his crime was. You, what you all forgot. Number one, he put all the whites out of his country. First time in history that's been done. All the whites out. Yeah, and brought in black Americans. Brought in black Americans. Not only did he do that, you all forgot about how he had those white men carrying him on that shoulder. <laughs> It was amazing that we forgot all about that. You see, anytime you make them do what you they do, they're going to get rid of you. And so they convinced us that any of your men was the most dangerous. What I'm saying to you, it's not enough, brother. It's not enough just to talk about intellectual insight. There has to be a feeling. And one of the things, it goes back to the car. We simply do not want to accept the fact that we are being opposed by people. Back to that race war. Once you accept that, the CIA has a saying on this building. It's not marked. The CIA building in Langley, Virginia is not marked. It does not have but one sign on it. And you always know when you're there. You know what it says? Seek ye the truth, and it shall set you free. You know that the CIA building in Langley, Virginia, when you said that on that building. No sign, CIA, nothing like that. Size. We still say, Bobby, system. There's a system doing this, Bobby. Once you say it's a system, you can wipe out Janet because you say, she's part of the system. 
See, part of the system. Got to get rid of all those blacks who are part of the system. You see, that's the mental side. Should black people be more individually oriented or collectively oriented? Uh, the rugged individualism got to stop. What I would suggest, uh, because what will happen is you you get angry like Harold is. You, you find say black for nothing and just walk away from the whole bit. There's enough people in this room to turn Atlanta Junior College around. The black factor. Enough people in this room. See, everybody still in this room looking at each other as individuals. You had enough people in this room today who would say, listen, uh, let's meet again next week. Same time. And we're going to simply say, what is the code of behavior for black folks at Atlanta Junior College? And we're going to enforce it. And we're going to enforce it. And I'm not, but not as individuals. See, you got an individual, somebody will get killed. You see, but if sisters say, hey, man, I don't deal with that stuff. I don't deal with you with that. And brothers, hey, uh-uh. I'm like, anytime, let me tell you something very, very simple I do. Like you were talking about Jabbar, from now on, it hurts me to my heart. Anytime Jabbar comes on TV, my son, who's seven years old, will cut off the TV. Jabbar is a dead man from this point on. He will no longer be supported. Any product that supports the Lakers game, we will not buy at my house any longer. And I'm saying that Atlanta Junior College is enough professor, enough faculty and students in this room to say, hey, we are going to have a code of behavior for junior, black junior college students. And we don't mean going out there turning over no car table, because I believe those brothers down there might be a little bad than some of y'all. Uh, I ain't got no illusion about this stuff. But what happens is peer pressure becomes very important. And but what is happening, everybody comes in and agrees it has to be done, but only maybe you and two or three others want to do something about it. But if enough people get together, black folks get together in this room and say, look, this is the way we're going to behave. And, here's, and put the code of behavior, just like you have all this other stuff on the wall, code of behavior for black folks. Thou shalt not smoke in this building. You know, thou shalt not play cards in this building. Now, I'm not, even in this building, there should be no card playing. Now, I don't know about student rights, because I, I'm convinced, even with the liberal court you have today, if a, if, a, if a president of a school got charged because he said no card playing in this building, I do not believe a court would find a student. I'm, I'm not going to fall for that student rights bill. Mm -hmm. That's crap. That is crap. That is good because Jen is right in front. We're running into about patient rights. Let me tell you what happened to me. See, we don't have no uh, white staff. So what happened to white psychiatrists? Over at the hospital decided to file a complaint because when our patients come into the hospital, I said, here's the way I want to do. This is the way they ought to be treated. They filed a complaint. I mean, here, and they sent me and cited me that I was dictating to the medical people how to practice medicine. So I walk into the hearing with the, with the charges. You know this hearing will last exactly one minute. <laughs> One minute, okay? I am charged with trying to dictate to these white folks how to practice medicine. No, I'm not. All I'm saying is that they practice it that way, they won't get paid. <laughs> now, you all want to pay them? It's not. We don't pay them. Fine. You want to pay them? Talking to the HEW. No, we're not going to pay them. Now, if you two decide to pay them, but they still not do it with our patients, y'all got to find some other patients to do it. Mm -hmm. If I can tell a janitor how to clean the floor, I will tell a physician how to practice with black folks. Even if they're outside my institution. But if I'm paying for it, if I'm paying for it, so when a patient comes and says, hey, uh, Brother Wright, what about this patient right? If the patient's got rights, and I got rights. Mm -hmm. Now, you exercise your rights, then I'm going to exercise my rights. I mean, I'm just serious. You know, here they, here they got it now where you cannot, uh, I don't even want to get into it. But I'm saying back to the students. I, you know, there used to be a time, now I do have to admit, there were some positive things one time about the black schools. The black schools, uh, the president of Fisk was up in Chicago last week, week before last, and he made this statement. He stated, you know, what the president of Fisk is trying to do is keep the schools, keep the dormitories <coughs> unisex. Uh, not unisex, uh, uh, non-coeducational. Non and they were in the head about that. Do you know one sister, one student walked up to the president of Fisk, a brother, you know, and told him, do you realize you are interfering with my sex life? <laughs> now, he told him. Hey, do you realize you now not only would I have interfered at that moment with her sex life, I would have interfered with her whole life. Uh, I mean, I mean, walk up I mean and it is not uncommon now to see young sisters telling male and I'm using this deliberate, telling male professors, shut up. Shut up, shut up. See, I'm I'm just a black man who happens to be a doctor. 
Now, a point is reached where I stop being reasonable, but <laughs> sure. You know, and, and you just got to kick the hell out of me. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, and then I'll go get some of my other students to kill you. You know, see, my point is, I mean, I just don't believe. I think as a 46-year-old black man, I'm very serious about this. As a 46-year-old black man who's trying to do right, I think you should at least give me respect. Whether you disagree with me or not, give me respect. Because I'm going to give you respect. But when you have students... And doing that, I'm saying that to you, I'm saying, the reason I'm saying that to you students is, just think about sooner or later, you're going to be a parent. You're going to be a parent. But what is happening now, we have no respect for anything. That's why I admire Gwen and, and, and Naeem and all of them for being in these black schools. I really admire that. I just can stand in that. At least, like I said, I'm in a black community which supports what we are doing. Down here, the community does not support thinking black professors. On the contrary, they penalize them. They penalize the type of behavior I see over at Morehouse in Atlanta U is criminal. The type of behavior over there is criminal. Brothers wearing dresses. What the hell's going on? Dresses. Y'all, now look here. What? You mean, I know it. I'm not from Atlanta. Y'all talking about, what are y'all doing? Sisters wearing pants. And I don't mean just to wear them. To identify themselves who they are. Well, now y'all look at, oh, what? Who? See, you students ain't talking to each other. Y'all ain't observing each other. How many people in here from Ohio? From Atlanta, you complex. Yeah, now you got. How many from Atlanta? And y'all don't know what's going on? Was the black students' movement in the 60s wiped out by black student leaders using drugs? Did the federal government supply drugs for black students? I told you, what happened was this. What happened was SDS. SDS captured the Panthers. Students for Democratic Society captured the Panthers. They began to, began, began to talk about the free speech movement, the free school movement, you know, you could do all of that. And the white students introduced the drugs to the black students. The black students started going to all these conferences with those white students, and the white students started passing out wholesale pot and stuff. And that's where we lost our students. You remember back there? Remember, Back in the 60s, the one thing we had, we didn't have problems in the 60s, were drugs. Now, there ain't a drug problem. What a drug problem. That's one thing you, you know, nobody would deal with you with no drugs. But the white student came in and did that. Let me tell you how far this stuff is going, which went right by, and I'm going to talk to Naeem about it maybe sometime this evening. There, what went by week before last in Chicago is unbelievable. Here they had a situation where a man had killed 32 young boys young boys and they found him sane. <laughs> they are, in other words, they are saying that in this society, in this society, you can kill 32 people and still remain sane. Think about that. Think the implications of that. See, you don't even have to be a psychiatrist or a psychologist. If anyone can kill 32 boys like he did, I'm not going to they're, they're crazy. Except, except unless you're white. Now, that's some other than okay, but I'm saying you don't see get back to your question. No, the drugs were introduced. You see, again, being a historical, that's how they took China. I don't say boxing They China had been dealing with opium all those years. And the, the wife came in and said, hey, wait a minute, here's the way to use opium, and took China. <laughs> and took China. See, they always use drugs. That's what's happening in Africa now. That's exactly what happened all throughout Africa. You're going in and they're dropping marijuana and, and, and drugs on, on, on them. Discuss the abuse of drugs in the black community. But now, look, let me tell you something. Last year, Libium and Valium were the most widely used drugs in the black community. You can only get it through prescriptions. Only through prescriptions. The doctors are the pushers in our community. The doctors. And here you go to student health services. Oh, give me a pain pill. Oh, yeah, let me tell you, I tell this all the time. People laugh about it. We have brothers and sisters call me and say, Bobby, uh, my mother just died now. Will you give me a, a pill? I really feel depressed. Are you supposed to be depressed? Your mama died. What do you want to do? What the hell? What the hell you talking about? Hey, you know, the hell no, you ain't going to get no pill. Uh, you know, uh, uh, your mama died. Nobody, look, nobody wants to be. They believe nobody wants to be unhappy. You know, you wake up. I say, how you doing? Oh, I feel so depressed today, Bobby. Yes. You know, I mean, every day ain't sunny. Yeah. Let me, let me give it to you. You remember, you remember the song uh, uh, about uh, I, I won't be blue always? Because the sun ain't going to shine. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? All the song told us all this. But we at the point now, we don't want to feel. One moment, give me a pill. We walk around with Valium and Liberum like aspirin. 
And I bet you we dumped out your purses and all right now. You got pills in them. Aspirin or something. On Tuesday afternoon, April 6, 1982, Dr. Bobby E. Wright made his eternal passage. His passing leaves a great void in the progressive black movement around the world. While our ancestors will surely preserve the soul of this great African warrior through eternity, we must uncompromisingly preserve his great legacy of Africanity for generations to come. Dr. Bobby E. Wright will never die. All right, this concludes our two-part series of Dr. Bobby E. Wright, The Man and His Mission. This episode has featured sounds from Big Cakes, Energy's Eternal, Life is a Journey, Freestyle, The Force, My Brother's Keeper, Instrumental, from his EP, My Brother's Keeper, with Double Edge. The Force, surprise, surprise, and Cyclonius, Wild Wind That Blows, from his EP, Wild Wind That Blows, with Cyclonius. And Wise Intelligent, from his album, The Blue Klux Klan, goddammit. The track was Get Money, Teach Kids. I heard that shit. Goddamn, I might need to teach kids, man. Shit. All right. Links to feature music are in our show notes, as always. Also, we know that you're going to pick up Dr. Bobby Wright's book, The Psychopathic Racial Personality. We got links to that in the show notes as well. You need to read that. It's 38 pages. Don't tell me you ain't got time to read, goddammit. See, I don't even be getting hyped like that. I need to calm down. My energy is eternal. Also, uh, Dr. Bobby Wright's book is also linked in, in our library, so don't forget that. Don't forget to visit us at conscientization101.com or c101magazine.com. Sign up to our mailing list for exclusive information and downloads. Hit up our store. Pick up an unabridged interview or two. Pick up a few musical commentaries and a shirt. Support 100% independent media so we can continue to learn from each other. Also, don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Conscient1. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-E-N-1. On Facebook at Conscientization 101 and Instagram at C101 Editors. On our next podcast episode, we're going to be returning to our regular format and we will be talking to another one of my kinfolk. Yes, he is. This brother and his crew. I don't want to let the cat out the bag, but if you've been following Instagram, you already know who it's going to be. Okay? But you already know that shit. But... You know, this brother and his crew, you know, all I got to say, I learned from that brother said, they say, are you one? I say, I am one, goddammit. That's right. That's the family. That, that, and, and, and guess what? Just like Zara just said over there, that's all you need to know. I am one, goddammit. You ain't, woo, shit. Anyway, and I'll give you another hint. You hear the young man on the intro. On the intro. Look, but you know what? You know why I'm getting crunk? You know why I get crunk? Because, you know, things be happening. I, I keep it general. <laughs> I ain't telling you this shit. You ain't record. I don't know who listening to this shit. All right? But, you know, all of us go through our trials and tribulations. You know, real talk. All, you know what I'm saying? But one of the things I had to come to the realization, you know, I mean, I was listening to Wise Intelligent, and, you know, you start analyzing things that happen to your friends that might not be here anymore. You hear about what happened to this one and that one. People, just a bunch of stuff that, you know, to affect your life. And you understand why it's happening as opposed to attributing, well, why can't we get right? Niggas is crazy. Right? But, you know, but then you understand everything. Then when you realize you understand everything, you don't let it get you down. You see what I'm saying? And that's why I learned from wise intelligence. Too late, I'm a god now. God damn it, we out! Liberetta on my hip. Liberetta on my hip. These devils are subject to trip. These devils are subject to trip. Creating 
from poverty, devils denying I got this inside of me, knowledge me, you know I gotta be highly developed just so I don't slip Gotta be highly developed Too late, I'm a god now Too late, I'm a god now These devils were thinking that if they enslaved me Maybe the fate and the name that they gave me Would make me a nigga Subjected to all type of bullshit The cruel and unusual punishment Detached from my root on the continent Taught not to ever acknowledge it Then they got rich off my labor While teaching me to love my neighbor And worship a blue-eyed savior Reduces to niggas but haters Too late, but it's too late Mass incarceration, drug inundation Too late, too late, too late And I ain't just talking shit I ain't just talking shit Man, I can't let them off like this I just can't let them off like this Verily, merrily, I just be gingerly Letting my enemy know what they did to me So to awaken the God and a nigga again All you did be the fuck up